Hi, my name is David Siegler and welcome to my podcast. Hi everybody, welcome to this latest episode of my podcast and um, I've just got two or three things I want to share with you today and where do they come from? They come from speaking to you guys, right? So I've done a lot of calls this week with um, people who want to start deal packaging businesses, people who are already on their journey on deal packaging businesses and uh, want to get bigger, property investors, never mind deal packaging, property investors who are right at the start of their journey and they want to buy property, they want to invest in property. So what are their challenges? What are their thought processes? How do we have to lead them gently by the hand so that they get the results that they want? So it's two or three different angles I'm going to talk about on this particular episode in no particular order, but just the way in which they've been presented to me this week. So the first thing I want to speak to you about is London. London and the South East. Okay, so I hear a lot of people saying to me in, a, in our community, in the wider property community, it's hard, David, hard to get in. Hard to get in in London and the South East. Um, it's different. It's different. I'm not going to accept that it's hard. It's certainly different. And I promise you, those of you who are listening today to this podcast episode, that if I was starting out today, I would not move from London and the Southeast. All of my deals would be in London and the Southeast because London and the Southeast makes you wealthy. Capital growth makes you wealthy. And if you want capital growth in the United Kingdom, then you have to go to London and the South East. Now, let me qualify that. Yes, of course, there are areas of the North, specific areas of the North where you get Southern type capital growth over time. You do. There's areas of Manchester I can think about. I know Manchester, so I'm going to talk Manchester, that you get that sort of uh, big capital growth. But they're basically Southern prices. So if I'm going to invest in... Uh, property that has southern prices why wouldn't I do that in the south of England you know why would I buy property in the north of England at southern prices it's not going to hurt me it will grow over time I get it and then we have to consider the Midlands because in part of the Midlands there's that lovely sweet spot where you can still find property that gives you capital growth over time and you get reasonable cash flow today so you won't get the 10 to 12% gross yields that you might get in deepest, darkest Northumberland or wherever. But 8 to 9% gross yields, can you find those in places like, oh, I don't know, Northampton, Wellingborough, Kettering, Corby. Let's go a little bit further north. Maybe Derby, maybe Leicester, maybe Leicester's had a bit of price growth recently. That sort of sweet spot there. Wolverhampton, Dudley. Welcome to our black country friends listening on the, on the podcast. Those places are sweet spots where you're going to get really solid cash flow at Peterborough. Why am I not saying Peterborough, right? Yeah. I mean, Robert Mark approved it. My mentors, Rob Moore and Mark Homer, for those of you listening who are not in our progressive property community, but you're listening to the podcast, Robert Mark have built a massive property business based on buying single-let properties, hundreds of them, in and around Peterborough, and they've doubled in the last 10 years, even factoring in the fact that we had a property crash in 2008. So, speaking for myself, 
London and the South East is where I want to be going forward. I have a property portfolio based in the South East of England that has shown massive capital growth over the last 20, 30 years. Massive, right? Uh, it's not something that I talk about because it hasn't been part of my journey in recent years. It is um, just sitting there, cash flowing and going up in value. How cool is that? So you hear me talk about uh, my journey north because that has been more recent. And um, if I was doing it again, would I do it again? Ooh, I'm not sure, but I respect and honour everybody out there doing stuff in the north. I completely get it. So what is working in London today? If you want to package deals, what is working today? And we have one or two young people that we're working with in our program who are getting results sourcing properties in London and the South East today. So where are we going to start? Let's talk about flats. Let's talk about flats in converted buildings. I'm not talking about purpose-built flats. I'm not. So we have friends in our community who are out there, and this is what they're doing. They're in and around London. They're finding studio apartments of a decent size. Uh, and in Victorian Edwardian buildings that uh, were originally grand houses and have been cut up over the years into smaller flats, you can find these sort of properties. How do I say that with such conviction? Because my friends are finding them. You can find them and you can make a studio apartment into a one-bedder and add value there. Or you can take a one-bedder and reconfigure and turn it into a two-bedder. Massive uplift in value there. So what sort of value? So this is a 2019 podcast uh, episode. Uh, these are the sort of values I'm seeing. Studio apartments, and I'm painting with a broad brush. I'm talking in inside the M25 now, in, in and around London. Studio apartments, entry level, 130 to 150K. Two bedders, over 200 grand now. Possibly, you know, in really smart areas, up to 250K plus, right? That's that's one bedders. And then two bedders, you're moving up a stage again. So I know that a two-bed flat uh, today in Walthamstow, decent two-bed flat, 350 grand now for a two-bed flat. So incrementally, if we can move from studio to one bed in London, we're putting 100 grand on the value, roughly. If we're going from one bed to two bed, we're putting 100 grand on the value. That is a huge uplift. So that is worth spending some time on. How many of those do you need a year to make your world go round? And here's the thing. My young friends who have thrown themselves into this, searching just, just flats, right, and just trying to find flats in buildings where they can add value – are finding more than one or two a year. They are. And uh, this is something I stumbled across uh, recently that I was not aware of. Maybe you're not aware of it, so I'm going to share it with you as well. If you can picture in your head a grand Victorian Edwardian house that has been cut into flats, right? And if you go to the top floor flat, it might be the third floor. It might be the fourth floor. Whichever one is just below the loft space, Sometimes if you look in the leases of those particular flats, they have the right to use the loft space. And that can give you the right to go into the loft and uh, create more accommodation in the loft. Now, will it work in every building? No. Will it work with every lease? No. That's why you need a property solicitor who's on the ball and knows what they're talking about to look at the lease carefully 
because if you can find one of them, and people do find them, but if you can find one of them, uh, you can earn massive value. You're going to add massive value and earn a lot of money. So that is a go-to strategy that you can do today. I mean, how many buildings are there configured like that, the way I described it, if you've got a picture of the building in your head? How many of those are in inside the M25 today, right? And people are saying they can't find them, can't find a deal. Uh, you can. You absolutely can. There's got to be thousands of buildings like that, configured like that, inside the M25 today. Just get out there and have a look. You can earn massive, massive value. That, if I was starting today, that would be one of my go-to strategies. Number two, title splits. There are buildings in London and the Southeast that have been converted to flats where the flats and the freehold are all on one title. What do I mean by that? So for the user, I don't want to leave anyone behind. So let me explain in detail. When I say all on one title, the whole building is on one title at land registry as a freehold building. The owner has not taken the flats individually and created 125-year leases, 150-year leases, whatever, for each individual flat, okay? How do I know these buildings exist? I own one. I actually have one where I've not split the titles, right? The flats are all on one title. Uh, I keep it for income. I, I, I hold the flats and rent out the flats. However, if you find a building like that, there's a huge uplift in value potentially in taking the freehold, setting up a different legal entity that will, is going to own the flat. So, gah, say it in English, David. What I mean is you take a freehold building with flats in it. You take your property solicitor and you ask them to create individual leaseholds for each flat. And then the freeholder uh, retains the freehold of the building. Now, uh, there will be a cost to this. So to set up a lease, a leasehold, a 150-year leasehold, uh, and make a flat sort of self-contained and it's leased so you could sell it off to an owner-occupier or an investor, there's a legal cost to that. It might cost a few grand per flat. It might. If you've got a building of 10 flats, right? You might be talking 30 grand odd, okay? Uh, so there is an outlay for this to set it up, but you then don't forget you're retaining the freehold. And if you want to keep the freehold, that's cool, but there is a market for selling freeholds. Uh, and what I'm saying to you is that somebody will buy the freeholds and they'll buy the freeholds, building a 10 flat set up like that, there is a market uh, value for that. We need to find out exactly what it is. But what I'm saying to you is you can recoup the 30 grand that you spent on splitting the building into ind individual leasehold units by selling the freehold. Because maybe you don't want to retain the freehold. What do you want it for? Unless you're going into freeholds big time. And, and there are people out there that buy and hold freeholds of uh flat buildings and apartment blocks and uh, you know even leasehold houses in the north. Absolutely, they do that. Uh, but you've got to be big tight. So it's about a scaled uh, business to make it really, really profitable. So you don't want one odd freehold, in my view, just my view. So to make it absolutely clear, find a block of flats that is on one freehold title, 
put the title to one freehold to one side and take the individual flats, make them into leaseholds, sell off the flats. Okay. You create massive value there. There is a profit in that. Okay. And in terms of your costs of setting that up, the cost is going to be to pay your legal fees for splitting the individual units into leasehold flats. You can recoup that cost by selling off the freehold, which you've retained. Right. Right. So now you have no interest left in the building whatsoever but you've created huge value and there's a massive profit in there you can do that that would absolutely absolutely be on my list of things to do today today is where we need to be doing that today where are we going to look specifically inside London, the M25? I'll tell you where I would go today. And, uh, you know, this might be time sensitive. So I'm, I'm recording this podcast in early 2019. But the go-to area for me in London today would be Tooting and Clapham. Tooting and Clapham are on the verge of gentrification. You can see it coming. You can see how all the development in Battersea, you know, the new power station uh, development there has dragged Battersea up and there's loads of money being spent in Battersea. And even, do you know what? If you get in parts of Battersea today, if you can invest in Battersea today, it's a really good place to invest still. But you might find the prices have already been forced up with upwards by the regen and the developments that are going on in Battersea. But come a little bit south, Clapham, Ballam, Tooting right very unfashionable places i mean we're still talking london prices right but uh you're right at the bottom end of london prices tooting today i think tooting is the new peckham so who thought peckham 10 years ago was going to be gentrified where prices were going to be forced up prices have doubled and tripled in peckham in the last 10 years i mean i can remember going driving through peckham and the policeman used to walk in in threes right um it's not like that anymore so if you're going to invest in uh, London, if you've got investors who want to buy something that's going to make them wealthy over time and you are packaging the deals, go to Tooting today, Clapham today. It will work for you. What else can you look at? In the southeast today, I genuinely believe, genuinely believe that retail, retail units with accommodation above is the next commercial to residential sweet spot. I am involved in that sector already. I own free retail units with accommodation above. Now, I have spoken about the mechanics and how this works and how you can maximise income, cash flow, and also capital, forced capital growth in that sort of uh, building and it's uh, episode number whatever, 20-something. Have a, have a scroll through the other podcast episodes. So I'm not going to repeat that here. But what I am going to repeat here, and I was really, really blessed to hear a presentation during the week by uh, Rob Holmes and his colleague Simon Drew. And uh, if you want to hear how to finance something like this, if you haven't got any money, if you want to do it with no money, or a very small amount of money. In my experience, and I've worked with Rob and Simon, uh, they are the most creative, imaginative, legal financial advisors I have ever worked with. If uh, there is a way to fund the deal, they will find a way to fund the deal. You don't have to put any money in, providing you can give them what they need 
to fund the deal. So I'm not going to get into the technicalities of how they do it. Um, in the presentation that I saw uh, last week, then they did get into the technicalities of it and then far more qualified than I am to talk you through the technicalities. But what blew me away is uh, there was a project in Eastbourne that Rob did and uh, he wanted it funded and he rang Simon, who is like, um, Simon is like the Gandalf of these things. If you want something done, he knows somewhere in his being how to do it and he just he just um, materialises it for you. So Rob found a fantastic project on paper. The numbers were really compelling. Didn't have any money at that point, right? So uh, Rob's a big property investor, but he was already committed elsewhere. Um, Simon got it funded for him. Simon got it funded for him within 24 hours. So this can be done. I've given you my contacts. I'm giving you everything here, team. Uh, reach out to them on Messenger, on Facebook, on whatever. They'll sort it for you. So this was Eastbourne. And uh, the nuts and bolts of the deal were massive forced appreciation by regenerating what was quite a dilapidated building. It was a very large building. It was basically very old-fashioned flats above a retail unit. And uh, they've been completely renovated and uplifted in May 2019 now. And uh, the forced appreciation has generated a huge amount of wealth just in that one deal. Just in that one deal. So massive growth in London and the Southeast. You need to be able to do it. You do. It's going to change your life. Uh, I make no apologies for uh, banging on about this because... um, Here's the thing, team. 2019 today, by 2030, if you buy a house in London today and you don't do anything to it at all, just leave it boarded up if you can afford to do that. Leave it boarded up and empty. By 2030, I can't hear you, but I'm going to ask you the question. Do you think it's been going to be worth more money or less money? Absolutely, it's going to be worth more money. It is. Just because... That is what happens to property in the southeast of England. And we all believe that, right? We all believe it. And yes, there'll be bumps along the way, and we're looking at a bump this year, and maybe next year, or maybe the year after, or maybe we're not going to get a bump. Who knows? You know, if this is all sorted out, the thing might uh, right itself very, very quickly. Um, This, you know, the Brexit. I'm trying not to say the B word on my podcast. I'm not. Uh, but if that gets resolved before March 29th, then uh, do you know what? It might just be a bump in the road and, and everything takes off again because of the relief of having certainty brought into our lives. So I hope that has, has helped you. I'm going to talk about the other things that um, delegates have raised with me, mentees have raised with me that you need help and advice on uh, in uh, another podcast episode because otherwise this is going to go on too long and I respect the time that you share with me but I don't want it to be a burden on you so I am going to do further podcast episodes I'm going to record them now I'll give you a little peek behind the curtain here going to record them now I'm going to talk about managing investor expectations what does that mean? You'll find out because I'll do it. And uh, also, I might marry that along with another unrelated issue that has bubbled up this week. You're trying to value a property to see if you're giving 
great value to your investor or you want to buy it for your own portfolio you know is it worth the money and there's no comparables available there's no nothing appropriately parallel to what it is that you're buying within the set location within a quarter of a mile within a half mile search on right move you're starting to scratch your head what is this actually worth? Are these figures real? Are my expectations right? So I'm going to do a podcast episodes on those things coming up really, really shortly. Uh, thank you so much for listening today. And uh, I look forward to seeing you really, really soon. Thank you for listening. I am David Siegler. See you on the next episode.